had such a hard time trying to find someone to record this episode with me. Is it my breath? My politics? Have I hit day four of my three-day Bjorn pad? But luckily, I found somebody. So, welcome <laughs> to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. We're your hosts, Mike Russo and... Tiffany Silverbron. Woo! Hey, Tiffany, what's <laughs> up? Uh, nothing much. Hang or should, out. I have, or should I have said, woo! <laughs> because we're doing another DuckTales episode. Yay! And... Tiffany, you requested this one personally, <laughs> much like Money to Burn, you wanted to do this one. <laughs> yep. Um, so today we're going to be reviewing the classic DuckTales episode from 1989 called Metal Attraction. But before we get there, um, Tiffany wanted to give a short review and share her thoughts on... Um, the Dynamite Darkwing Duck comics. So go ahead, Tiff. What do you think of this one? Um, I'm not really <laughs> a fan. I kind of share a lot of the same opinions as you guys on it. Um, about the art, though, like, yeah, I think when it comes to it being on model, like, as much as it is, and, like, just using the classic poses, it's, um, I, I think that, you know, when you do art like that, it has its place for sure. Like any type of merchandising, I want it to be that way. <laughs> oh yeah. And like, you know, I do it a lot in my own art because I was noticing that when it comes to like jokes or like a lot of the fan artists that I like when they're doing like parodies or they're doing like mashups, it's way funnier and it works a lot better if you're like so close to like the original poses of the characters. But right. I mean, in a comic book, it's not its not like animation where it's supposed to all look like one thing. It's like if you pick up, you know, different Batman comic books, like they're going to look so different from each other because it's so like stylized. Mm. Like right, stylized. right. So that, I think that's the problem is that it's kind of doing it like an an, like animation instead of doing it like a comic book, which should have your individual style in it. And um, yeah, it's... Uh, what do you call it? What am I going to say about that? Um, oh, well, yeah. Like what you were talking about with the not having his mouth open and stuff. The other thing is like in a comic book, there should be like action in each. Like every new piece of art should be for a reason. Like something's happening. And that was what the problem was, is that there was too many like. And now here he's standing this way and standing that way. And here's like more dialogue. It should be like a giant dialogue bubble for like each pose. If nothing else is happening, you don't need to draw another picture of him standing there. You, you know? know what it kind of looks like? And I wasn't able to articulate it with Stan, but now I found a funny way to really articulate it. It's kind of like color forms. <laughs> yeah. Where you have the background done and you just take a stock drawing of the character. You take the color form, you just plop it onto the background. And that yeah. that leads to the clip artiness of the whole thing. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't read like the entire panel was like laid out and like thought about. Yep. It was more like we have a background. Now let's take a Darkwing pose here. Yep. And that's okay with merchandise. Yeah. Or even like a children's book. When you look at a children's book, you're exactly. like, okay, that's a stock pose of like Mickey Mouse doing something. I've seen that stock pose before, but it's a children's book. Yeah, 
Exactly. So I'm not going to say that that's necessarily bad to do. It definitely has its place. I just don't think it does in a comic book. <laughs> no, not at all. And it's funny. Yeah, now I'm going to have uh, the color form analogy stuck in my head. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I thought the story it was just short. It was it was OK. There was no, nothing really wrong with it. I definitely could hear Jim Cummings' voice, like, in Darkwing, but not so much necessarily, like you said, with Megavolt or some of the other characters. But I thought Darkwing's dialogue was good. Um, I love Punk Rock Goslin. <laughs> People have been comparing her to Billie Eilish. Is that yep, what it's supposed exactly. to be? All right. Yeah, totally. I didn't and, pick up on that, and clearly neither did Stan, so. <laughs> and and art-wise, art um, definitely Herb and Megavolt were the stars of the comic book art wise <laughs> well they don't have clip art to copy from if you're gonna yeah. put them in the comic you're gonna have to actually draw them <laughs> yeah so i'm gonna try to keep it positive and encourage the artist and say when you're doing your own thing it's great <laughs> yeah i feel the same way again I, i'll compare it to john blair moore his art was yeah. completely like like i said kennedy cartoons on acid but it was his yep <laughs> definitely <laughs> And, you know, may the man rest in peace, but I love his art because it's like, it's nobody else's but his. He's not copying stock drawings. Yeah. Yeah, for so, loose. So I really hope the artist, like, finds his own voice and gets away from the stock stuff because the more they the more they use it, the more it's going to become very obvious because you can only do that for so much. Yeah. You can only do it for so long before it becomes a detriment, I think. Yeah. But like I said, it's, it's not a it's not a loss. I think it can get better. And I only just sure. heard that it's only going to be like a six issue thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I hope not. I hate to see it end so fast, but. Yeah. Well, OK, I guess we have to I, wait and see. Maybe if it sells funny. really well. Huh? Maybe if it sells really well. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Dynamite's been putting out some awesome stuff. Just Stan was talking about it, I think, on his YouTube channel. But that um, Army of Darkness versus Reanimator is pretty great. <laughs> oh, cool. I yeah. mean, remember that um, the original Boom Darkwing was only supposed to be four issues. Yeah. And by issue two, it was like, nope, this is an ongoing thing. Yeah. So maybe if it's selling as well as Stan told me it is, maybe it's going to be just fine. We'll have to wait oh. and see. That's what I was going to say. My The other thing that I was concerned about, but it could go either way, is that it definitely, like, comparing it to Boom, I feel like in the Boom ones, you could tell that they were trying to write it for adults and kids. Like, kids can very easily understand it, but it was like adults can be interested in it, too. I'm right. a little worried that this is marketed more towards, like, little kids, I guess, in some of the writing and with the simplicity of it. But, I mean, it's so early. We'll see. Yeah, we're not, you know, and if, and if it, even if it is, I guess in the end, it might just be something we'll have to get over, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as much as I don't want to, um, maybe we're just going to have to get over it. If kids discover Darkwing this way, yeah, I guess that's not a bad Great. thing, is it? Totally. All right. So moving on from that, we will have at least five more opportunities to talk about this comic, if it's at least six issues. So... Let's move on to today's episode. We are talking about the DuckTales episode, Metal Attraction. Tiffany, why did you want to pick this one of all <laughs> DuckTales episodes? I just really loved this one as a kid. I, I liked anything with 
robots in it. That's why I really liked Money to Burn. I really love Armstrong, which is definitely a way better episode than this, but I definitely loved this one. <laughs> well, we will definitely tackle Armstrong at some point. Um, I had said to Stan last record that I definitely want to hit like the big launch pad stories. And Armstrong yeah. is a launch pad story. Yeah. And this one isn't was an option for you because it's a big gizmo duck story. We are not going to do random DuckTales episodes. It has to tie into Darkwing somehow. Um, and this one does, because there's a lot of Gizmo Duck in it. It's a Gizmo Duck heavy story. Um, I like this one too. I don't think it's a great episode, but it's definitely enjoyable and it's very, very odd. Yeah. <laughs> so, Metal Attraction, that title is super obvious. Yeah. Fatal what Attraction. Yeah, Fatal Attraction. Um, this one aired November 2nd, 1989. So we're a little bit less than a year away from the Disney afternoon. Uh, the writers were David Weimer's Ken Koontz and Alan Burnett. Uh, we all know Alan Burnett. He went on to do some great stuff with uh, DC and Warners. Um, you know, that kind of, all the, the Batman shows, Justice League and all of that. Uh, other episodes he worked on, because we talked about Weimers and Koontz already. They did like 26 DuckTales episodes. They're like some of the most prolific DuckTales writers. Um, Burnett only worked on this season. He did Allowance Day, My Mother the Psychic, um, A Case of Mistaken Secret Identity, which we are going to tackle, The Unbreakable Bin, another one I want to do, um, Attack of the 50-Foot Webby, which we are not going to do. <laughs> <laughs> the the Golden Goose, and he also wrote the DuckTales movie. I love the Golden Goose. I mean, there's no Gizmo Duck in it, but who knows? Maybe we'll just get, maybe we'll splurge and just do a whole bunch of random DuckTales stuff. <laughs> I mean, there's a podcast I listen to. It's called the Animaniacast, and they they were supposed to just be Animaniacs, but they've been done for years. Now they do Tiny Toons and Pinky in the Brain and Freakazoid and whatever. So what's stopping us from just doing DuckTales and other stuff, right? Yeah. But for now, here I hope is we don't Metal. Ever get to Quack Pack. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to get to Quack Pack. Let's stick to the classic stuff. Yeah. Let's stick to the classic stuff. Um, okay, so Metal Attraction. Uh, how does this episode start, Tiff? It starts with Gyro and Scrooge, and they're canning Scrooge's money. And um, Gyro is talking about how he has now mastered time travel, space travel country twanging toast timers and he doesn't know what's next for him <laughs> if you haven't seen super ducktales you'd wonder what the hell a country twanging toast yeah. timer is <laughs> yeah <laughs> also really you'd also be wondering why they're in scrooge's money cellar canning money yeah i mean this is the first time they've done something like this i think in the episode it's beagle mania he's in the same place um literally laundering money <laughs> Duckworth says you're the only person I know who can legally launder money <laughs> nice because Gyro also mentions he can help Scrooge can the money and Scrooge says canning legal tender takes tender loving care <laughs> okay so Gyro is trying to figure out what new frontier to conquer when who barges in Tootsie and all of the kids including Bubba this is a rarity. In fact, it's the only time 
Bubba and Tootsie appear in the same episode as Fenton and Gizmo Duck. The only yeah. time. And Frank Welker's not even in the cast, so he doesn't actually voice anybody, as far as I remember. Yeah. Bubba is completely silent. They've accepted <laughs> the fact that he's a completely useless character now. <laughs> so they all come barging in, including Webby. Did you notice one of the nephews is wearing, like, Donald Duck's Navy sailor suit? No, I didn't. That's and awesome. we get an unfortunate occurrence, which is very common in the season, yeah. of a fat joke against Mrs. Beakley. And not only a fat joke, but she seems upset about it and super embarrassed. Yeah, because they said, why is that dinosaur wearing my dress? And one of the kids says, it's the only thing in the house that'll fit. Yeah. Poor That's Beakley. <laughs> There's um and this this continues in later episodes. There's one where Scrooge tells someone um he'd have a better chance of wrestling Mrs. Beakley away from a starving cannibal. Yeah. <laughs> and in Scrooge's last adventure, he says to her, "Have I ever told you what a good cook you are?" She's like, "No, you told me the way I look, I must enjoy my cooking." Oh. And this isn't the only time in this episode someone attacks her for her weight. Yeah. Me and Stan brought this up. Way back, I think it was the Billionaire Beagle Boys Club, where she she used to be a great, like, strong character, and now she's just a fat joke. Yeah. And it's the beginning of this episode's deep dive into misogyny. Um, mm -hmm. That's one of the problems with this episode. We'll get to that. Um, so what does Gyro decide to do? What's Gyro's new frontier going to be? So then you cut to him, and he's working on a robot maid. Named yep. Radica, who is uh, very, very reminiscent of I Irona from um, Richie Rich. I was gonna, I was gonna ask if that reminded you of her. That yeah. we were on the exact same plane here, Tiff. Awesome. Yeah, and the the sounds are identical to Irona, but I think more people would be familiar with it being the same sounds as Rosie the Robot from the Jetsons. Right, and. They're playing the Robot Planet music from Money to Burn, too. Yeah. <laughs> so right off the bat, the music, the sound effects, and now Susan Blue's voice. They give guest voice actress Susan Blue, who owns this episode. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hamilton Camp is like a tour de force in this one, but Susan Blue is like, she's a manic. And so Gyro turns around and she scares the crap out of the kids. <laughs> yep. She plays, she plays Simon Says and says, Simon Says, spin your head around. <laughs> Let's play a game. Good. How about Simon Says? Good. Simon Says, spin your head. <laughs> and the kids freak out and they run away and, you know. Yeah. Although I think if Bubba was going to have a bigger role in this episode, he could have smashed her with his club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Gyro says, back to the old computer board. Yeah. And then we pick up with um, our secondary plot of the episode, so to speak. We go to Gandradi's house. Where what is going on at Gandradi's house? There are tons of flowers everywhere because Fenton got her 100 bouquets for um, the anniversary of 100 days since their second date, which was actually postponed. <laughs> Fenton, no means no, crack shell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, it turns out that not only is that over the top, but Gandra's allergic to roses. So she's sneezing all over the place. 
He says he's going to go get a gas mask at the Army-Navy bean store. <laughs> Which I think that's a fart joke. Yeah, I didn't get it at all. I didn't get it as a kid, and I wasn't sure what it meant now. So the phone rings, and it's Scrooge, who must have Gander's phone number. And <laughs> he tells Fenton he needs to see Gizmo Duck. And Fenton's like, you know, you're interrupting a romantic moment. And they cut to Gandra sneezing out the window. <laughs> yeah. But she's posed as if she's thrown up out the window, which yeah. is just great. <laughs> yeah, and then you see um, Fenton also got her a bunch of singing chocolates, which watch are giant people dressed, or <laughs> people dressed as giant chocolates singing her a song, which this time watching it, I, it totally was reminding me of that Simpsons episode with the poo, the Valentine's Day episode, where he was doing all the over-the-top things for Manjula. Well, wasn't there an episode, um, I believe it's the, the clip show, the Valentine's Day clip show or something, when Ned is dressed as a giant candy chocolate. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you think I'm cuddly <laughs> and you want to hug me. That, that episode. I think that's the episode. I'm not sure. I think it's, I don't know which one it is, because... Simpsons runs together for me, all the good ones does. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's a little bit corny. Um, and the thing with Gandra in this episode, she can't just go out and tell Fenton what's bothering her. Like, she's so subtle about it. She's like, you don't understand. Stuff over <laughs> and over. She won't just tell him to stop. I know. I mean, like, I'm not really a big fan of her character in general. <laughs> she is better in the duck who knew too much have you seen that one yeah that one she's good in this one she just goes fenton you don't understand you don't understand it's like well tell him what he doesn't understand yeah. lady maybe he'll leave you alone if you just say something and this is across the whole thing ultra soft spoken but i mean even in like you know the whole thing at the end of money to burn it's like they just make her you know she's like not speaking up about liking Fenton or anything. She's a pretty, like, I don't know, weak character. <laughs> That's DuckTales for ya. As much as I love the show, they don't know how to write the women characters. Yeah. Um, except Ma Beagle. Yeah. <laughs> so we go back to we go back to the mansion into Scrooge's kitchen. Gyro reprograms Robotica again. And this time, what do we get? <laughs> This time she's got extreme emotions and it's pretty hilarious. I love that idea because you get robots and things that just have emotions, but you don't see many extreme over the top emotions on a robot. And she freaks out the kids again, though. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just her facial expressions are funny and just she's oh, she's out of control. Scrooge comes in the second he sees her. He's like, nope, no, no robots, Gyro. I've told you before. Because uh, we all know what happened with Armstrong. Like, Scrooge can't yeah. let that go. And GICU, too. <laughs> yeah, the only good robots are the ones that a man can actually control. Not the ones that have free will. So Gyro <laughs> needs to cut that out. Um, so Scrooge tells Gyro, take this thing to the scrap heap. And Robotica loses it. The animation in this scene of her grabbing his coat and, like, kicking the floor and screaming is really <laughs> great. Yeah. Not the heap. Don't send me there. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, okay, you can stay. 
And then the doorbell rings and she's like, oh, my first job. I wonder who it is. (laughs) Maybe it's someone you don't even know or just met casually. And then Scrooge (laughs) is like, just open the door. And then she turns and she goes, well, excuse me. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. (laughs) This is a a really manic DuckTales episode. (laughs) Yeah. So she opens the door. Who is standing? Who's standing there? It's Gizmo Duck, and she instantly falls in love. And there's some crazy animation of her like heart popping out and her eyes bulging out. Yeah, the display of robot horniness is very uncomfortable. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then she composes herself and she's like, hello. And then Fenton raises the visor in the gizmo suit and looks at her like, what is this mess now? (laughs) He's like, I hope you're still under warranty. (laughs) Which she somehow thinks is charming. (laughs) So she carries him into the mansion. Yeah. And the second she puts him down, he go he like zooms off and runs downstairs. (laughs) And the animation of her taking off after him is just so great. Yep. <laughs> so he runs downstairs. He's trying to get away from Robotica. He's like, what did you need me for, Mr. McDuck? And he's like, I have, I have some repair work for you at the bin. He's like, great, let's go. And the whole time that Scrooge is talking, they're just going in circles around him. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to the money bin. Uh, Gizmo Duck is fixing the bin. I don't know really what he's repairing. Yeah, it's kind of confusing. Like but then Robotica shows yeah. up. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so she's all over him again. And she's begging him to go out with her. She wants him to stay for some cafe au lait. And he leaves. And he's like, you know, I have to be somewhere else. I think she bought that. <laughs> and so, yeah, she's in love with him. He wants nothing to do with her. And then we cut to the bean factory. So, Tiffany, what are what's going on at the bean factory? And by the way, I just want to say that Bean Factory is so depressing. I kind of like feel bad that Gandra's still working there. Very (laughs) depressing drawing, yeah. Um, But yeah, Fenton shows up to surprise Gandra with lunch, but also a mariachi band. (laughs) The mariachi band leader, the one who's like, one, two, three, that's Hal Smith. Yeah. (laughs) You can tell right away. Um... And Gandra's, like, obviously really embarrassed and thinks it's over the top. But again, like you said, didn't really say anything. (laughs) Yeah, because Fenton's, like, walking behind her. He's like, what is it? My breath? My politics? If I hit day three of my four-day deodorant pad? (laughs) And and, and she just goes, you don't understand. Like, (laughs) tell him. Talk to him. You don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, just like that. But this, this... romantic scene is broken up when she spots R and G written on the side of the money bin. Yeah. So. And Fenton freaks out. (laughs) Not the money bin. And he goes to the bin dressed as Gizmo Duck. He's not even disguising his voice. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, he cleans off the mess that she wrote on there, but then she gets all over him and wraps her arms around him and she is like writhing like she is she crosses a she crosses a tv wide line here yeah 
And even he says, lady, please, kids are watching this. <laughs> and you get a rim shot. <laughs> Don't like the rim shot, though. I get the joke. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> this is a little over the top for DuckTales. Like, this is extremely, extremely randy. Yeah. Um, so, she, so he agrees, finally. He agrees. You know, I'll go, I'll go. And she leaves. And then he goes, where am I supposed to take her to dinner? Tune-up masters? <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we get a new location. It's the Econo Lube and Perm Boutique, which yeah. is a which is a salon slash garage. Yeah, which is really convenient that that exists for this plot point. <laughs> what is it? so? What's happening here? <laughs> so Gandra and Robotica are there getting fixed up for their dates. <laughs> and then the episode indulges in a like a 15 second palm olive parody. <laughs> yeah. About like, dial tone hands. Like the kind of thing like Animaniacs would do. Like DuckTales, this is out of left field for DuckTales. <laughs> but instead of like the palm olive dishwashing liquid, it's um what Pen is it? Like Pennzoil, like something <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. And she's complaining about having dial tone hands. He's like, you need pens oil. You're soaking in it. <laughs> and that's the catchphrase from those old Palm Olive commercials. Um, yeah. I get it now as an adult. As a kid, I was like, what's this? Yeah, but, um, same here. <laughs> so they start talking about their quote unquote boyfriends, how, you know, Fenton gives her too much attention, but Robotica has to like hit Gizmoduck with a pilot driver to notice him. And... The woman's like, you know, you, your boyfriends could learn something from each other. So this is a big uh-oh moment here. We know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. So then they decide to have a double date with Fenton and Gizmo Duck. Which Fenton <laughs> agrees to before he realizes <laughs> what he's agreeing to. And he's forgetting a lot about him being the same person as Gizmo Duck in this episode. <laughs> yeah. You know, the... Um, uh, Gandra says, we're going to see Robotica and Gizmo Duck. He's like, great, that sounds like fun. And he hangs <laughs> up the phone and he's like, wait a minute, Robotica and Gizmo Duck? And the, <laughs> the act ends with him screaming and the camera moves down his throat as he's screaming. Yeah. Yep. That's really clever. Yeah, I love that. So the second act, the entire act takes place at Ducky Land. Which yeah, which they don't even, they don't say until afterwards, though, weirdly. <laughs> well, there's, you don't get a cookie for figuring out what this is supposed to be referencing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's absolutely an internal reference there. Um, in fact, when Fenton shows up, he calls it a middle-class marketplace of mirth. Middle-class in 1989, not as middle-class in 2023. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn you, Disney. You gotta lower your prices. Um, yeah. <laughs> so obviously, Fenton and Gizmoduck can't be there at the same time. So he's carrying the suit in a large garment bag. He's like, I have to ditch this till Gizmoduck makes his debut. I, I Fenton, I love listening to his voice. Yeah. Um, he stashes it in a costume uh, warehouse. And then he has to switch back and forth. Yeah, chaos ensues now. <laughs> chaos ensues he tells the girls you know go on a ride i'll get you some drinks and it's a teacup ride how does this teacup <laughs> ride differ from the one at disneyland it's like the worst ride 
ever invented. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bunch of actual teacups with like tea or water in them. And you're basically suspended inside of a tea bag and you're repeatedly getting dunked into these like cups of tea or water. <laughs> and the tea bags they're in are not waterproof because they get wet yeah. when they come out. <laughs> yeah. So like, Fenton changes into the suit. And I don't know if you were really paying attention to the music, but that little saxophone number they're playing during this scene is so great. I didn't notice it this time. Next time you watch it, listen for the saxophone solo. It's really, really great. Um, so he comes back as Gizmoduck with the drinks and then leaves again, comes back as Fenton, but forgot to take the arm off the suit. So he's wearing the Gizmoduck arm. Yeah, this is like my favorite part, a gag. It used to crack me up when I was a kid. So he comes back, he has the arm, and then just as an exclamation goes, oh, blabber and blatherskite. And then he <laughs> realizes that he messed up and the suit comes flying in when he's trying to just be Fenton. And, and I, I love how the scene shows him on the bench, pans over to show Robotica and um, Gandra, and the bench tilts because we yeah. tilt, we move back over, and now he's Gizmo Duck, and he's weighing down the bench. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he says, "Yeah," and then he goes, "Oh, look, flying elephant!" Obviously referencing Dumbo. Like, and where's then, Fenton? Yeah. The, the flying elephant scared him away. <laughs> Which cracks me up. The, and then, then yeah. he comes back as Fenton again, but he's talking like Gizmo Duck. Yeah. Like, I'm looking for Gizmoduck, of course. What did you say? <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> and then he runs away again, and he's like, okay, I can't keep doing this. Being a lady killer is going to kill me. And he decides, this is when I'm going to break up with Robotica. Yeah. That's not going to end. One less lady in his life. So he comes back as Gizmoduck, and insinuates that he wants Gandra to go into the tunnel of love with him and Robotica. And she's yeah. like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Better tunnel of love scene, this episode or my Valentine ghoul? <laughs> my Valentine ghoul, for sure. That's all I was thinking about. <laughs> Zappy Valentine's Day, Darkwing Wait. Duck. <laughs> <laughs> for his sake, I hope you went for a breath mint. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Gandra goes home, because I think if I was Gandra, I'd be fed up at this point. You know, logically, I'm not Fenton Crackshell, so I don't. I think a lot more logically. Why did he even bother bringing in Gizmo Duck? Couldn't he have just stood up Robotica? Yeah. Who would it have killed? Like it wouldn't have hurt him any. Yeah. <laughs> right. So the, the two of them go in the tunnel of love, and. Yeah, he's like, she thinks he's about to propose to her. Yeah, which is super and, crazy. And he's like, no. And then she's like, it's another woman, isn't there? And well, I love how, yes. I love how matter of fact he says yeah. it. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we cut to the outside of the attraction. He goes flying through the facade and I love the way he just bounces across the pavement. <laughs> I, I think she took that well, don't you? <laughs> oh, she's flipped a mainspring. She's sizzling and throwing off sparks, and she's lost it. Is that like a Disney thing, having 
crazy tunnel of love scenes because there's also that Donald Duck cartoon. Oh, Daisy. that one. That's the one where he pays <laughs> that guy with like the suave yeah. voice to date Daisy for a while. He's like, yeah. no, no, no. Anything but the tunnel of love. Yeah. And he's like, nope, I'm taking her in here. Yeah, and he just like falls for Daisy in the meantime. <laughs> and doesn't that scene end? The two of them, Donald and the other guy, come out of the tunnel of love together holding yeah. hands. And they yeah. look behind them and like Daisy's <laughs> pitching a fit. Yep. <laughs> I haven't seen that cartoon in years, but I have I have that that scene rings a bell. Yeah, I love that. So we go to commercial and when we come back, for some reason, Robotic is still doing her job. She's yeah. in the mansion dusting but violently doing her job. <laughs> knocking all the pictures all over the place. <laughs> She's angry. The crazy robot planet music's playing again. Um, and then what does she discover on the mantle? She sees a family photo of of everyone, like Scrooge and the boys and Miss Beakley and Gizmo Duck, and just notices that Gizmo Duck has his arm around Mrs. Beakley and decides that he's in love with Mrs. Beakley. I have issues with this photo because Bubba is also there. So <laughs> this is like a McDuck family photo. Number one, I don't know where is Duckworth. One. Yeah. And wouldn't Launchpad or Gyro get precedence over Gizmo Duck in a photo like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it's very weird to even have him in that picture. Um, but like you said, she gets the impression that he's dating Beakley. So she accosts Mrs. Beakley, calls her chubby chin. So there's the second uh, fat joke. Uh, and she's like, but I don't even like him. I barely know yeah, him. Yeah. It, you love Gizmo Duck. I barely like him. <laughs> and then she's like, you better not like him or your name will be Mrs. Beakless. And she smacks around the beak. Yeah. So mean. Poor Mrs. Beakley. Yeah. She does not deserve that. That she's a good woman. Yep. I wonder what I wonder what Duckworth thinks of all of this going down. <laughs> yeah. He isn't in the episode at all. You would think that a robot maid would take away some of his jobs as well. Yep. <laughs> uh so she goes into Scrooge's home office. I always love Scrooge's little home office with the roll top desk. I uh, love that. I love that. Yep. Like someone should do like try to map out the McDuck mansion. I'm sure it's possible. Mm -hmm. Um, I do love that. I do love this office. And she overhears him trying to call Gizmo Duck. And Scrooge says, um, he's probably over at Gandrides. So that's where Robotica is headed. So yep. what's our next scene, Tiff? So then you cut to Gandra's house and you see that Fenton is up to his old tricks and has delivered a two-story chocolate marshmallow with aluminum siding cake. Which the delivery I, guy is Hal Smith again. I don't get why the aluminum siding. Because <laughs> it's ducktails and it's supposed to be silly. <laughs> and um Gandra is, of course, upset about it because <laughs> it's way over the top. And you don't understand, Fenton. <laughs> <laughs> he says, what? Is it, would you prefer a cherry condominium cheesecake? <laughs> no, you don't understand, Fenton. <laughs> you just don't understand. It's everything. <laughs> Isn't that literally what she says? It's yes. just everything. <laughs> She does. And then she goes inside the house without him. 
And then Robotica shows up. She's like, you love Gizmo Duck. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Her voice is great. Um, and so, yeah, she ends up kidnapping Gandra. <laughs> and Fenton's watching from the back door. He's like, he's like, uh, Robotica and Gizmo Duck, that cad. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm Gizmo Duck. <laughs> yeah. The second time he forgets. <laughs> And he gets slammed into the he gets slammed by the door. So we go back to Scrooge's money canning basement, where Fenton's trying to like he goes to Scrooge for help, knocks over all his canned money. So now all of Scrooge's money is in the bin. I don't understand what this yeah. this area is even meant to be. I know, I'm confused. Overflow, I guess. And he <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he's like, don't tell me you haven't figured out your love life yet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, an alarm on the, the money bin goes off. And and Fenton's like, how dare you think of your money when my love life is at stake? And Scrooge just walks away. He goes up the <laughs> stairs. Like, he doesn't even want to, like, <laughs> dignify Fenton's stupidity. <laughs> and all Fenton says is, sentimental fool, isn't he? <laughs> He 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 does not read his boss very well. Yeah. Okay, so our climax, Tiffany. Um, what is happening over so now, at the bin? So now you see Gandra D tied up like classic damsel in distress, of course, in front of the money bin, and Robotica's got a giant rocket aimed, um, and wants to she if she thinks that if she gets rid of Gandra and the money bin, then um Gizmo Doug won't have a job or a girlfriend, and all of his time can be spent on her. <laughs> and Scrooge, Gizmo Duck, and Gyro show up, and she does waste. She wastes no time. She launches yeah. this thing. Yeah, like but, right away. <laughs> but it turns out to be the slowest moving missile in history. Yep. Because <laughs> not only does Gizmo Duck have time to get in front of the missile, Robotica has time to get between the missile and Gizmo Duck. <laughs> yeah. No, Gizmo Hunk. <laughs> and graphically, she is blown to pieces. Yeah, you see her torso lying there. They don't show her head. I think that would be too much for the kids. Yeah. But yeah, her torso is laying there on the ground. <laughs> and Gyro picks up the pieces and reassures everybody that a little, you know, a little spackle, a little fender polish, and she'll be good as new. Yep. And um, they, uh, I think it's Gandra says, can you make her a little less emotional this time? Yeah, she's like, she, she smothers Gizmo Duck the way Fenton smothers me. That's when Fenton gets it. Yeah, finally. <laughs> you think Fenton smothers you? <laughs> and then she goes, and then she's straight with it. Like, she's able to tell Gizmo Duck what she should have been telling yeah. Fenton the whole time. Yep. She's like, but I guess he'll never learn. And Gizmo Duck goes, I think he already has, ma'am. <laughs> and he yep. says, Fenton and I are very close. Won't you give him another chance? So yep. how does our episode end? So then we cut to the Econo Lube and Perm Boutique again. <laughs> <laughs> and Fenton is picking up Gandra. And... um you see that Robotica is working on the Thunder Duck and she's in like a, a work jumpsuit. 
And, and she has a much more, much calmer voice. Yep. And um, Fenton asks how she's doing. She says she loves her new job. And he asks if she's dating anyone. <laughs> and um, she says no, but that diagnostic machine keeps making eyes at me. <laughs> Which I don't know, like think if I don't know if you've seen diagnostic machines for like smog or cars, but that seems <laughs> kind of inappropriate. <laughs> this whole episode's inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Fenton says, "Ain't love grand." And, and they they uh, drive away in the Thunder Duck. Yep. Do they do the heart iris out again? Uh, I don't remember. The music is the same as the Money to Burn. The same the same outro music is there. So that's why I think maybe there was the heart. Um, yeah. So the moral of the story is if you are a woman and you're and you're a little emotional, it's up to the men to break you down and build right. you back up as somebody else. Yeah, it, that's that the scene is so like brainwashy seeming. She's like, no, not right now. It's like, oof. <laughs> it's yeah. this is this is a very emblematic of a lot of shows back then especially DuckTales unfortunately very misogynistic I mean all the writers are male and this is kind of what you got back then this one kind of goes a little too far I think yeah um, <laughs> I asked I asked Stan what he thought of this episode he said it was a very collar tug kind of episode <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he said there were no jokes and it had an anticlimactic ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had never seen it before. This was the, I, oh, I made him uh, watch it. It was the first time he'd ever seen it. Well, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. There's this thing. I talked to my friends about it a lot of times where they definitely didn't write women that well <laughs> at all back in the day. Um, some better than others. But um there's certain things that like now you watch it and you can see like the problems in it. But then as a little girl, I didn't see it. <laughs> like to me as a little girl, I was just excited that they actually had a female robot character. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see it, but I was a 10 year old boy. Yeah. So <laughs> I wasn't going to see it. Yeah. I mean, it, there was, I think more so than this character, Webby made me feel bad because they were so mean to Webby. <laughs> well, especially this season where there were two Webby episodes and both of them were about nobody wanting to be around her. Yep. Um, yeah. The Good Mutters and the Attack of the 50-Foot Webby had pretty much the same plot. Nobody wants Webby around. Nobody notices her. And Webby's sad. Yeah. I mean, this is at least, you know, you had the Armstrong episode where he's a robot and he's evil. And then you have this one where it's another robot who's evil. So it didn't like that's all I saw as a kid. It wasn't really like, oh, she's a girl and she's doing girly emotional things. I didn't yeah. like now I see it. But like, you know, not as a little kid. <laughs> well, there's nothing under the surface with Armstrong. It's just evil robot yeah. tries to take over the world. There's a little bit more going on with this one. Yeah. <laughs> and you know it's just it's it's very typical of how weird those later DuckTales episodes got you wouldn't have found this subject matter in the first season like yeah. there's some there's some weird stuff in those later ones you got the 
I mentioned the episode, the good mutters, where you have the, the beagle babes, one with a giant rack and the measurements on her yeah. prison numbers. Yep. <laughs> like literally, I'm not exaggerating when and I say giant rack and this is a children's show. That's literally another one, though. Like, as a little girl, I was just like, that's so cool. There's female Beagle Boys. <laughs> and then you look at it and say, okay, this one's a ditzy, buxom blonde. This one's just Betty Davis. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then you have Beagle Mania, which is, I think, the weirdest DuckTales episode ever. You have Beagle Boys as a rock group. I love that episode. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird. Yeah, it's super weird. <laughs> very, very, you get the pig Elvis. I, I watched almost all of these recently. Um, they, a lot of weird episodes that season, and uh, I think we, I think these are the weirdest. The ones we've mentioned are definitely the weirdest. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's Metal Attraction. Uh, what would you rate this out of five dimes? Huh. That's weird. Huh. Let's see. Uh, I'm gonna say. Three. <laughs> okay. Overall thoughts? I'm gonna I I think it's funny. I think some of the animation is cool, but I mean I have to all the points are because of it being like problematic. <laughs> yeah. I will give it I will also give it a three, just like you, for pretty much the same reasons. I would probably give it lower if I was coming into it like Stan not having seen it before yeah. or if it was a later show, but just too much of my childhood is wrapped up in DuckTales. I think even more so than Darkwing, like DuckTales was, a, was even more formative, formulative to me. Like DuckTales really shaped the way I enjoy shows like this more than Darkwing. Yeah. And I have too much nostalgia and emotional attachment to DuckTales and especially the Fenton episodes. I've yeah. watched these so many times me like too. this, this whole group, like you couldn't see them because they initially weren't put on the DVD sets. So I bought a bootleg set to watch them all. Then when they went on iTunes, I bought these episodes again. Then I bought volume four off the Disney movie club just to watch them again. Then when they showed up on Disney plus, I watched them again. This yeah. group, the 35 episodes that came from season like two, three, whatever you call them. I've watched these so many times. I love a lot of season one episodes. Like I love Armstrong and Robot Robbers. I love those episodes. But the Fenton episodes, I don't watch the bubble ones as much, but the Fenton ones are like constant rotation. Yeah, I think in the later ones, like this era, it, they're really just funnier. And like the comedy is like a big aspect of it. Whereas those early ones, it's like the animation and more of like the adventure aspect of it. Which is great. Like those early, sometimes, like when I watch the early DuckTales, I'm like, I can't believe they could afford like animation this great in like a TV show. Armstrong is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. It's like so every frame of Armstrong is gorgeous. Yeah. It's amazing. And it's for a television animation show. <laughs> yep. Whereas this episode is just wang on crack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, especially the first, the first act when Roboticus first sees Gizmo Duck, like the animation just goes off the rails, but I love it for that. Yeah, it's interesting and again, it's just funny, like I think that's, you know, at least there's the balance, like you, you have the comedy instead of like the animation quality at least, it's not like they just dip down 
completely. <laughs> and unlike Bubba, Fenton slash Gizmoduck is such an appealing character. Yep. <laughs> it's hard to not enjoy watching him. Even when yep. Gizmoduck is not involved in the story, Fenton's just a blast. Yeah, and just Hamilton Camp, like his voice acting is so great. He took over the whole show. Yep. All right, so that's that for this episode. We will get back to you with some more DuckTales. Um, not sure which episode yet, but we'll see you soon. Um, so until then, we have the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. You can find us on all podcast apps, plus YouTube. Tiffany, you want to plug something? Um, yeah, my Instagram, at Tiffany Silverbron and at Regurgitating Gertie. And I actually, I want to give a shout out to two comic book stores. <laughs> Go for it. Um, Fantastic Comics and in um, Berkeley and Zeppelin Comics. Okay, so between you, me, and Stan, we've given you four different comic book stores you might want to visit, depending on where you are in the country. Because um, we, we name-dropped a couple last episode. <clears throat> yeah. All right, guys, so until next time, everybody stay dangerous, and we'll see you in the Tunnel of Love. <laughs> Bye. Take care, everybody. <laughs>